Anthony Lukes is the founder of Rabbit Town Beverage Company, a specialty craft beverage retailer located here in Fredericton. Stephanie and her team create handcrafted alternatives to traditional ready-to-drink iced teas. All of her drinks are rigorously made with the same high standards. Organic, raw and unpasteurized, non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan. Stephanie is a graduate from the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design in interdisciplinary design and has worked for 10 years in sales and marketing for four reputable craft beer companies throughout Atlantic Canada. Stephanie is a board member for Fredericton's Arts and Cultural Board and volunteers for women's shelters and LGBTQ initiatives. I sat down with Stephanie to get her take on how her business plays such a significant role in the region. Rabbit Town Coffee was established in 2017 when the founder, Steph Lukes, decided to roast her own coffee beans with a popcorn maker. Steph, what is going on here? Ah, look, it, it's, that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> I, I started really, Can't really elaborate off that. <laughs> no, no. So I started really getting into coffee, right? Like there is, it's, it's a whole it's, it's bigger than craft beer. Like it is just such a cool science. Right. So I started hanging around with Ron Whitney from Whitney coffee. And, uh, I was really interested in getting into the roasting business. Um, I thought there was kind of an untapped source here. And then, uh, I was ordering green beans and I had read like somewhere online that you could do it with a popcorn maker. So I had this tiny apartment right across from Rabbit Town Park, um, which is, I'll tell you that story in a second. So I'm roasting these coffee beans in this popcorn maker and I'm like, everything's fine. And it's in an attic apartment. Like I had like no air conditioning, no flow. It was in the middle of summer. And yeah, I put a bunch of green beans in a, in a popcorn maker <laughs> and set the smoke alarms off <laughs> to get them with <laughs> And I had this like fan. So I took a fan and I was like aiming the smoke out the window, right? So if anybody was walking by Argyle Street in August of 2017 and saw that, they would have been like, what is going on up there? And um, it was actually standing in my window, airing out my apartment. And I was staring at Rabbit Town Park, the sign. And I was like, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah. And so I even have it in my little notebook, like Rabbit Town Coffee. Uh, I started doing some research about Rabbit Town, um, about that area. Like it's, mm -hmm. it kind of runs from Dundonald Street in Fredericton right down to Charlotte, uh, York to Smythe, uh, that kind of area. And that's um, back in, the, I don't know, this 19th century. That's where all the factories were, right? So the train station was there, the Hartshoe factory, the Chestnut Canoe factory, and and all of the folks that worked at those factories lived in Rabbit Town. So it, it was known to be vibrant, um, hardworking, um, you know, family first, uh, you know, that kind of blue collar life. And, and I really liked that visual because it kind of aligned with, with how I was and am. And um, yeah, and there was other ones that like, oh, there was little bunny rabbits running rampant. And, and I was like, nah, man, I like the other story better. So mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, so I started the Rabbit Town Coffee Company and I bought a six by 12 easy hauler trailer on Kijiji and decided to turn it into a mobile coffee truck. So um, got the espresso machine in there that cost more than my first car. And it just I just started kind of going. Um, I would take it to events all over the province, but specifically I was always at the uh, Garrison Night Market. And, and that was, that gave me the opportunity to just try super weird stuff because like it's Fredericton, like people are super accepting here. And they're, and I was like, do you want to try this hopped coffee? <laughs> so I borrowed some hops from Greystone and, and it, it tasted like garbage, but people would try it and they would give me my, like their honest opinion. And, and I was like, no, seriously like what do you think and they're like actually it's it's terrible so <laughs> I give them their money back <laughs> but um but it was awesome because it gave me so much um like customer like I knew what they wanted what they liked all that you know that marketing that you need it was it was firsthand that that two summers that I was down there um and then the number one thing is people don't drink coffee at nighttime. I noticed, uh, so we did carry decaf stuff, but I did start making iced teas because it's hot in the summer. And a lot of folks were really into that kind of like handmade iced tea. So it was organic tea that I bought and would mix it up with all kinds of random ingredients, um, you know, sage and blueberries and raspberry and mint and grapefruit and thyme, like always kind of pairing a spice. Um, and it seemed to work. And you touched upon it a bit, but talk mm -hmm. to me about the transition from coffee and the feedback you're getting sure. from Fredericktonians all the way to where you are right now. Yeah. Um, actually, it was through research and development. That was the biggest one. So when you think about scaling, right? So I can make a 10-gallon batch of cold brew coffee with a, you know, a five-pound bag of coffee, right? So when it came to scaling and filtering and all that stuff, um, really there was only one option. So the original plan was to can cold brew. Um, one, it had already been done like a thousand times over. And two, the cost of coffee is insane, especially the kind of coffee that you want. Um, so I started, you know, our tea, our iced tea that we were making on the truck was selling more than our coffee was. And we were Rabbit Town Coffee Company. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And it, and it just, it just landed on it. Right. And, and, and when I was thinking about it, I'm not reinventing the wheel, it, but the cold brew coffee companies were, were so successful. And I thought, well, that's, that's a beverage that's been around for thousands of years, but so is tea. And, 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 and I decided that tea is an amazing um, base flavor for anything with coffee you have bitterness you have you know smooth cups you have but you it it, it speaks for itself but with tea the, the options are limitless and and I liked that I liked that you could do a decaf with a with a you know a natural herbal tea you could do a caffeinated you could do random flavor combinations and then you know and that's I really liked how fluid tea is um, with with coffee you're really you're going down one line and one line only um, I also was making sodas too so that's why I called it beverage company because I didn't want to put myself into a to a niche market so to so to speak so um, 
I figured, hey, if I want to do a cold brew coffee, I can do that in the future. And it aligns still with the beverage company kind of thing. But yeah, the teas were definitely outselling the coffee. I'm stuck on you going into the night market and getting the customer feedback and customer validation. If you've been a part of or know of any, let's say entrepreneurial or business courses out there, one of the biggest components they tell you is customer validation. Go to the mall, go wherever there are people and ask for their unbiased opinion. So you going to that night marketing and getting that feedback um, is, is quite impressive. Now to that point though, now that you, you are where you are right now, who is your audience? Oh, um, we, I tried really hard to keep that vague for several reasons. Um, one, I did want to target um, younger, fo- younger folks. So decaf had to be an option. And I chose decaf one because I have two children who love my blueberry pop, quote unquote. Uh, and I wanted to have an option f- f- as an alternative to, to pop, to soda. Um, something that parents felt good about. So parents was one. And the other one was the, the craft consumer, right? So I'm talking, I aligned this product the exact same way you would align a craft beer, right? If you're launching a brewery, you do the things, you know, you, you get the labels designed, the flavors, you, you create your brand, your social presence, you do all that stuff. And then you go literally boots to the ground and walk into every store or restaurant that you can find and you say, hey, do you want to try this? So I did that in Fredericton uh, and St. John and Moncton and Woodstock and <laughs> like all over. And um, so that's why I kind of did the two products. So the blueberry and hibiscus is actually decaf and the peach and basil is caffeinated. And some folks like still, some folks don't like still. So I tried to really hammer out as many demographics as I could, but still maintaining its its dignity, I guess, or its its validity in terms of a product that could cater to a lot of audiences, right? So the goal, I always thought of, it would be great to have these in vending machines in schools or in, you know, uh, the, our, the original sodas or uh, sorry, iced teas that we make, there is sugar in it, um, but we're working really, really hard on, on cutting that sugar out because um, I feel like health is not health functional, you know, an alternative to soda is, is the number one goal for me. Um, and so I would love to see these in like vending machines and, you know, in, in those, those healthy vending machines that you see here, like at the hospitals and at the, uh, in hockey rinks. Is that what differentiates you from competitors and, and other options? Um, th- I think there's several things that differentiate me. One is the, is the visuals, is the brand, is the look of the cans, um, is I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to align with iced tea. I'm, I'm aligning with myself and, and, and doing that in a really authentic way and really transparent way. Like if you were to, you and I were to chat, Andrew, it would just be like, this is who I am. This is truth. Like, and, and that's all I'm trying to do. If folks don't like it and they tell me, I'm like, thank you for your feedback or, or they're not interested in carrying it. I'm like, okay, great. Because we're kind of carving a new path in New Brunswick. Right. So I've spoke to a lot of folks who have, you know, kombucha companies and and lemonade companies and all that stuff. And 
we're really the, the first ones to market in New Brunswick <clears throat> in terms of um, craft. So um, yeah, I don't particularly care <laughs> what the other iced tea companies think. I'm like, great, have fun. This, well, this product is awesome. Well, to this, this point, um, you, your website says all of our drinks are rigorously made to the same high standards, organic, raw, unpasteurized, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan. Mm -hmm. So why, why is this important to you, Steph? Oh, I think it's important to everybody now. It's 2022. And like, I, it, I, even I feel bad that I used organic cane sugar in it, right? Because I'm like, it's sweetened, but there, it's non-GMO. You know, I don't use any pasteurizing ingredients, you know. Um, but I think that's, that's going to be the new normal. Like, <clears throat> even now with cars, like, the new normal is finding hybrids or, or electric. Um, people really care about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what they're putting in their bodies. And people really care about um, their lifestyle, right? So I care. I care. I want to make sure that I drink X amount of bottles of water a day. And I want to make sure that, you know, you get your fiber and all that stuff. And, and, and I wanted this to align with it. Like I genuinely, I would buy a product that was organic and non-GMO and looked super cool and had cool flavors any day over something that was kind of domestic, I guess would be the, <laughs> the layman's terms for it. But and to that point, how has the competitive landscape changed over the last year? And how might, let's say the food and beverage category evolve over the next three to five years within this region? Sure. Um, there is a massive demand for this product um, around Atlantic Canada. So we've just picked up distributors in Nova Scotia and PEI. Um, specifically, health food stores are really, really, really interested in this. Um, we're trying, when I say we, I mean Cassidy and myself, like we're really trying to, to, we went from zero to 60 in a year and a half, right? It hasn't, it's been, it'll be two years in July of 2022. So um, we've already got distributors. We've already got to, had the privilege of going on Dragon's Den. Um, people are really focused on local. They're really focused on, you know, alternatives to alcohol. They're focused on um, alternatives to soda, to pop. Um, and, and I'm trying to, to do that for them. Um, and it, it's in our values too. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I wanna make good products and I wanna make them good for our people and good for our communities. And, and, and it's a win-win in my situation, right? So um, people really love the brand. They really love how we like to have fun. And, and we're not trying to, to make millions here. We're just, I just made this because I thought it would be really fun and it still is fun. And um, I'm really, really proud of, of what I've done and what Cass has done. And, and I'm really proud of the community for supporting it. It's been really, it's been really fun. Yeah. So exactly what you just said there, referring to the community, how are you working with the community with this? Sure. Um, well, one, it's the, it's the social media stuff. So when everybody found out I was going on to Dragon's Den, people found out, right? So the social media spread. Um, but also I try to support women-owned businesses. I try to support uh, things that align with our values. Um, we support GTFO, which is an outdoor uh, network for, for women. Um, 
we sponsor uh, all kinds of events like um, Drive February. We sponsor folks who want to who choose to to not drink for the month of February in support of the Canadian Cancer Society. Um, the the wonderful thing about this product is that because there's no alcohol in it, it aligns with so many things. And I try really hard to make sure that it focuses on our community first. Um, I've reached out to the craft college. I want to start a scholarship and we'll do some label competitions, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, I sponsor the live music venues all over. We were the non-alcoholic sponsor for the East Coast Music Awards. Um, we really support the CAP downtown. Um, They're a company that, I mean, Zach is just a gem. He's, he's busting his butt to try to keep the live music scene alive. Um, you know, things that will align with my interests and my taste as well, right? What are the next steps for your business? Uh, well, I just recently spawned, uh, partnered with Grim Ross Brewing, and we are launching a line of hopped teas. So it's literally, that's it. It's hops and tea. <laughs> and we're launching uh, four. Um, I went in and spoke to Stephen. So uh, as, an, as a, a side side hustle, I design all of the labels for Grim Ross. I've been doing that for about three years. And uh, Stephen and I are friends and, and Don, his wife. And I just kind of approached them with this idea that I had uh, about wanting to do functional beverages. So focusing more on prebiotic sodas, on you know value added ingredients that are local to our communities. So looking at sea buckthorn, at blueberries, at apples, like we have the most amazing agricultural gems in our, in our province. And we can utilize them in, our, in, in Rabbit Town. Like we can make beverages with them and we can, we can have fun doing it, right? So even with Sea Buckthorn, I remember speaking to Beth at Big Sky Ventures and I went to get a tour of her farm and, and I said, what do you do with all the leaves that, you know, they pull the berries off, but they don't do anything with the leaves. And, and she had a ton of research about how much, um, how, many, how many good things are in the leaves themselves. So I'm working right now trying to um, figure out a way to one, get them off the branches without slicing your fingers off because they're full of thorns. But we're working with C uh, CCNB in Grand Falls, um, trying to utilize the leaves of the sea buckthorn because they just get sent to compost. And how can we put that in our tea? And how can we make that a value-added product? Uh, the same with like blueberry growers, hascap berries. Um, there's so many opportunities for a functional beverage. And so I approached that with Stephen and Don at Grimross, and they said, geez, we were thinking the same thing. Um, you know, at one point, Stephen said, I love, I love what I've done, but I, I want to, I'm tired of getting people drunk. He said, I want to do something that makes a bit of a difference. And so we decided to join forces. And so I took one of the products to Dragon's Den. It's the, um, it's hot tea with, it's an orange blossom oolong tea with Cascade, or sorry, with Citra and Simcoe hops. And so we paired our like knowledge of hops and, and beer and our knowledge of tea. And we found some amazing blends that we're going to be launching here really soon. Uh, they're in tall boy cans. So we're going to be doing kind of a, a mixed four pack kind of deal. So you can try green tea, a white tea, an herbal tea and a black tea. Do you see every um, challenge or opportunity as a, as a way to experiment because I, in this conversation alone, or I think about 20 minutes in and you mentioned three or four different things, at least where you saw something 
that you didn't see before and you're jumping on that opportunity, at least testing it out. It sounds to me you, for this type of stuff, you really have to go in with an open mind um, and that I get that passion to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's every time I meet someone, I'm like, I wonder if I could use that in my product. <laughs> like, <laughs> you talk with? like, you know, like, but I, I think it's, that's where you, what's the difference between curiosity and innovation, right? I find that they align perfectly. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I think innovation has been overused um, a lot, but I really like the use of the word curious. Um, why not try it? Right. And, and, and I got to experience that on the trailer. Hey, what do you think about this super strange hopped coffee? And, and okay, maybe not, maybe I won't do that, you know, and it's a mm-hmm. lesson learned. Um, I'm always a person that goes in with two feet and then if it doesn't work, I'm like, okay, scratch that. Let's start again. Let's try mm-hmm. this. And uh, the resources that support, like the team that supports me, whether they're mentors or just friends, they're into it. Um, the fellow up at CCMB, he's like, I love this. Let's do it. Let's let's make some really cool products. So we're working on making all kinds of new products for the next couple of years. Um, and and the world's our oyster, right? I mean. I mean, at some point, sure, I have to slow down, but I'm not planning on doing that anytime soon. <laughs> uh, well, I have a, I, one of my questions I like to ask is what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? But I feel, I think failure can be a very strong word is to my last point. I feel like you've hit many bumps and walls, but it only mm-hmm. makes you stronger. Oh Would yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certain occasions where you pitch your product and, 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 you know, you get torn to shreds um, on right. several occasions that has happened to me and respect like, cool. Um, that's never going to, you know, somebody's opinion is never going to deter me from focusing on the big picture. Um, and I appreciate their feedback. I like it. I'm like, okay, look, I went, I went to design school at NASCAD university where they do these things called critiques. So we call them in short crits and crit day, you dread it because you have to put your work up in front of your peers and your professors and you have to defend your work. And so many times, I mean, they're tearing, they're tearing a strip off you. So you kind of develop a bit of a Tuscan. Um, and, you know, we went in with 30 students and like 12 of us graduated. So it's, n- it's not easy. Um, but that experience of going through that um, made me a bit of a tougher person. And when I get feedback, critical or not, I take it as a learning experience. And I say, you know what, that's a really cool idea. Um, I'll take that, you know, that's great. And, and, and I'm more than happy to be asked questions. Like I reach out to a lot of my design friends saying, look, can we look at this label together? It's something about it's not jiving with me. And, and, and then we work together on it. Like, I'm definitely not afraid to ask for help. And you can thank, thank the, the kind folks at ACOA, who <laughs> I think are getting sick of me uh, because I just call all the time and ask them for money. <laughs> uh, now, to that, that point, though, we, we talked about community and you actually touched upon some of the resources and, and the people you speak with. Um, but has there been somebody here in the region or the community that has been a huge support for you and helped you along the way? Uh, my partner would be the number one. Um, mm-hmm. My partner went through a lot of illnesses uh, the past few years and and has always made sure that my uh, my uh, 
business was successful, always talking about it. Um, but for the most part, in terms of the community, it's been a group effort, truly. Um, when I wanted to get into the coffee scene, I reached out to Ron Whitney at Whitney Coffee, who's been a veteran at the Boyce Farmers Market for 30 years. Um, and he was more than helpful. Um, actually, he was the most helpful in terms of, I, I don't know how to, to do this. And so he would, you know, he's busy. At, at, you know, Pre-COVID, he had lineups at the door and he said, he's an efficiency expert. And I, and I like that about him. Um, Stephen Dixon has been also a great asset in terms of helping me navigate, um, navigate one, producing the beverage, um, making sure uh, he's, he's a, he, he has one standard and one standard only, and it's the best. And I'm like, I'm a good enough kind of person. So <laughs> it's a great combo. Um, and then uh, like all the restaurant owners, they've been so faithful um you know 540 the folks there folks at monks and jonesy the ones that see the potential because they've met me because they know me i was a bartender for 16 years like i've i knew people in the business in the industry i i worked for four craft breweries so um every it was a truly a group effort truly now let's let's flip this a bit i talked about i asked you how you're working with the community and you've really gone at lengths to tell us um, how you've been working with the community, but what can we do for you to help you grow? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. Thank you. I don't know. Um, constant validation. Like it's so <laughs> hard as, as, as a solo entrepreneur to, to wonder if you're doing things right. Um, and to get the reviews online and to get the people stopping you on the street saying, hey, you're the rabbit girl, you know? that's what I love. I love talking to people. I love, love socializing and, and small talk. You know, some folks hate that stuff, but I love it. So, um, you know, I, I feel really proud to come from Fredericton and I'm really, really proud to be able to bring that to the national stage. And you'll know that I'm proud of it when you see the episode, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just can just, you know, purchase it at your local independently owned stores. Um, suggest to other restaurants and, and, and cafes and, and grocery stores that they should carry it as well. That would be awesome. Um, and, and I'm getting a lot of folks who have suggestions for flavors, which is really fun. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I never thought of that. Like, you know, what about something with mint in it? And I was like, dude, I tried it. Mint is a fickle beast and I will not touch it again. Believe <laughs> so. that. Never again. I was thinking, oh, it would be great to do like a green tea, mint and lime. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's terrible. My eyes watered for like a week. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But look, it, it's that's the food scene, right? Like, I, right. I, I'm not a food scientist. I'm tinkering in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm making when I had the food truck, I was making syrups at 11 o'clock at night for on a Wednesday night. And the market was on a Thursday because I had to. You know, I, I thought all oh, this would be kind of fun. Let's make a homemade Coca-Cola and let's get the, you know, cassia root and the random stuff that you had to go to make it. And I boil it in, in my uh, in my kitchen and boil it down and make it a simple syrup. And I don't know, like there's I like to tinker and I'm very curious and, and I like to socialize. So those things combined really helped me um, having a strong worth work ethic and having a lot of faith was the other one um faith in yourself and faith in the universe and yeah 
like, you know, you can't go wrong when you've got a little bit of faith. Steph, what do you want listeners to walk away with after this conversation? Um, I don't know, reach out, say hi. Um, if you're starting a business, call me, especially in the beverage business, because it was hard. It was really, really hard. Um, and I remember speaking to um, Cinnamon. She's the owner of Coco Lemon uh, out of St. John. And the two of us have talked at length about the challenges that we've had, um, whether it's you know, working with a Canadian food inspection agency, making sure labels are properly translated so that it's, you know, we, we're, you know, we're respecting both languages. Um, what kind of distribution are you looking at? There's stores in St. John that are interested. Well, you know, at Harvest um, last year, Harvest Jazz and Blues, I, I opened my truck up to all locally made products, not just my own. I carried uh, cocoa lemon, I carried floco kombucha, I carried uh, Heights cold brew coffee and Freddie Bean coffee. And I wanted to show to Fredericton what we have already done uh, in one kind of little trailer. And it was, it was so fun. It was so fun. You know, I, like, and a lot of the folks would stop by, like the owners of Floco stopped by and said, do you want us to man this? And I said, no, like, I like it. I don't mind it. And uh, we just sold tons of product, not just for, for myself, but for them as well. Steph, it's been an absolute joy to have you on this podcast for this conversation. I really appreciate you joining me today. I appreciate the invite. Thanks for joining. Locked on Local is hosted by Andrew Lockhart. This podcast was produced by Ignite and the music by Tom Cray. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you can find quality podcasts. And if you have a recommendation for a business, feel free to reach out at andrew.lockhart at ignitefredericton.com.